0: Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together.
1: Reptiles. Reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is is the Reptile Talk Talk Podcast. That's cool. (laughs) 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 All right. So I I think we're happening live now.
0: Hey, there it is. As you can see. We are now live on Facebook. <laughs> you can check out Reptile Talk.
1: Oh, there's subtitles.
0: With Brassman Reptiles. <laughs> and Rob is creeping it real.
1: Oh, boy. Is this the new intro?
0: It, it should be. <laughs> Whether you like to see them in their home or see them in yours, uh, these are the things that bring us all together.
1: Oh, boy.
0: Reptiles. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> All right. Cool. So it is live. What's up? Facebook. Facebook, it gets to watch us right now. Um, We're just uh, we're recording. So we're recording a new episode of Reptile Talk. Um, The live video is going to be here during the live stream, obviously. Uh, And then I'm taking the video down. Um, Sorry.
0: It's going to be uploaded on maybe YouTube and maybe Maybe our OnlyFans.
1: Maybe so. So we're doing this because we're testing it out and uh i forgot that i should have tweaked this earlier in the week so we're doing it here right now on facebook um so i'm just sending this to a couple people really quick and then we're gonna get started
0: so for the month of january jeremy and i are going to be recording resource episodes these are episodes that you can share with fellow reptile lovers as a resource to the community we're working on Uh, Last week, we did Tools of the Trade, where you can learn about tools that people use when they're caring for reptiles and working with reptiles. Uh, This week, we are going to be talking about rules and regulations and how the legislative body is affecting people who keep reptiles.
1: I just want to take longer so that you can (laughs) continue to talk this way.
0: Why? It's
1: funny. Are you? Are you going to? I could. <laughs> I'm waiting.
0: <laughs> Come on down there, check out. Uh, what you call it? It's a reptile talk. We're gonna be hanging out with uh, Jeremy over here from Brassman Reptiles, uh, and uh, Rob from Rob's Creeping It Real, and we're gonna be talking today about the legislative body, and. Uh, how it affects people who keep reptiles, so uh, everything from HR six six nine all the way to the ban on tegus, tegus, Tegu. and igua- Tegu. iguanas in Florida. <laughs> We're gonna be talking about all them things. Oh, oh, this is wonderful. Okay um you ready to like actually do it
1: yeah okay all <laughs> right so we can actually start now uh so yeah doo, 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 doo. <laughs> oh boy all right what's going on everybody this is jeremy turgeon from brass
0: man reptiles and i'm robin i'm creeping it real
1: and uh we're continuing our january theme which is we're recording a bunch of resource episodes uh for you guys on a bunch of different topics last week we talked about some tools of the trade yeah and uh good this, episode you should that check was it a out. great episode <laughs> And uh, this week we're talking about legislation.
0: Yeah, because it is something that affects every single person in the reptile hobby, whether you think that it does or not. Uh, And a lot of people look at some of the rules that are being passed and they go, well, I don't keep venomous snakes, so I don't really care. Uh, And they go, I don't really keep reticulated pythons, so I don't really care. um, Until it does affect you. And then all those people who you kind of screwed over by not showing up and speaking out are not going to be too thrilled with you and that is something that we just can't help but get around because it is serious it's been a serious issue over the last 10 15 years and That's it's true. not stopping anytime soon That's true. as as you're going to hear bam so uh Jeremy and I both sat in on uh, rules and regulation meetings and hearings for several different states mm-hmm. I was, you came for maine when i was there yeah uh, when i was in maine we were trying to change the regulations there because they have some of the strictest laws in the united states when it comes to exotic animals uh when i lived there you couldn't even own tarantulas every species of tarantula is illegal uh now you can have four species Ooh. Ooh, whopping four species and i think and
1: that chilean rose hairs brazilian rose hairs no. <laughs> yeah
0: pretty much and you know what's weird you know what's messed up uh two of the species are like oh well yeah those don't really exist anymore
1: like, yeah, the
0: Brazilian black, they're like, oh, oh those yeah. were never legally exported out of Brazil. So now people are yeah. all selling them as a different Save species. Yeah. So all the ones in the U.S., they're like, these are not that species. They're a different <laughs> species. Um, <laughs> so they're like, oh, those you can't even have those. Um, and then the, the rose hair species that they have listed is not the one that's generally kept in the hobby. It's like most people keep porguerite and rosé is much less common. But blah, blah, blah. I'm getting into uh, splitting hairs here. <laughs> But it bothers me because Maine has got some horrible regulations. Shooting hairs? Yeah. Ah. Kicking hairs? Yeah. I'm just kicking hairs Ah. here. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, uh, Jeremy, you came up when we had hearings with the Inland Fish and Wildlife Department when we were in Maine. Yep. Because when it comes to these rules and regulations, guys, or girls, and everyone who's listening, all of you people, not binarily defined, (laughs) um, anyone who's (laughs) listening to this right now, um, it is so important that when a rule or regulation for exotics comes up it is important that you show up show up to the meetings show up to the hearings let them know in person that there are people who care about these things because it's one thing to shoot an email and emails help it is one thing to call your senator or representative and let them know um it is a completely another thing when they see a hundred people show up and go hey no don't do that yeah we don't like that
1: (laughs) exactly um yeah the 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 hearing in Maine was was very weird, very weird, Um, especially when like the entire room was basically in Against? opposition to the to the regulation. And then there were like two people who were there for it from like HSUS or or wherever it was.
0: And when they went on the stand, they kept bringing up these weird, irrelevant things. And the guys who were running the meeting, the guys who are sitting on on the uh, committee were like, you're not talking about anything that we're regulating right now. Yeah. You need to stop. Yeah. Exactly. And they shut them down like immediately. And then everyone else is like, "Yeah, you shouldn't do this. Uh, you guys are trying to make more regulation, the more work for your, you know, wildlife officers, more work for, you know, your people who are regulating, and it's not helpful."
1: And I think that was like the most re- amazingly ridiculous thing is like, so Maine's already got these really strict laws, and then it was like, "Hey, we're gonna add a lot more strictness to yes. all of this, and now we're going to." we're going to try to work to get our fish and wildlife officers who are on the front line to now be able to recognize all of these restricted species when they can't really even identify native species. Yeah. Oof. So, oof. you know, I mean, there were multiple people in that room that were like looking at the wildlife officers, like you were just at my house last week. Cause you couldn't identify a milk you know, snake, a milk snake yeah. or something, you know? Mm. And it's like, now y- you want them to be able to recognize not all, not just all these different species, but recognize that like, some of these species have a bunch of different color mutations mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's like, how are you going to identify, you know, purple albino golden child retic when it doesn't look like any other retic you're going to see in a field guide?
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's it's just rough. They basically rely yeah. on people. Um, uh, what is it? Snitching? Yeah, snitching. <laughs> I wanted to find a fancier word for snitches, it, but snitches. snitches. Yeah, they rely on snitches. <laughs> uh, that's like when I was up there, there was someone who had a uh, had two Burmese pythons. And when the game wardens showed up, because someone snitched on them, uh, when the game wardens showed up, they also also confiscated their Transpecos rat snake and their hog island boa and euthanized both of them along oh, with the geez. Burmese pythons um, because the law didn't specifically say Transpecos rat snake. It said uh, North American rat snakes, and they didn't know wow. enough to Google where Transpecos is. <laughs> like that, where those snakes come from. Right. Uh, that, that region. And they did not know enough to go, oh, boas are legal. Uh hog island boa is a tight, ty- it's grouped under Imperator. Yeah. Uh, or Constrictor. I don't know which one that it's, actually it's falls Imperata into right, right now. Yeah. I think it's under Imperator. Yeah. Um, But they didn't know enough to go, oh, this is a legal species. They saw no the hog island boa was not specifically listed on there. Kill it. Yeah. And they killed them, and it's like, it's are ridiculous. you serious because your game wardens don't know the law or the the species well enough? they just killed two perfectly legal to own species, yeah, um and the Burmese pythons.
1: yeah it's it, it really is ridiculous. I mean like I remember <clears throat> my so I was the last person to speak in maine Mm -hmm. and mostly because it was like a four and a half hour drive for me to get up there from western mass and i made sure i made that point yes (laughs) it's like i just had to drive for four and a half hours you're gonna freaking listen to me i have to
0: listen i have to drive another four and a half hours back back. (laughs) yeah
1: exactly um but you know i I remember like reading through that legislation as quickly as possible because i knew i was i wanted to speak so i needed to have some something to to speak on that potentially wasn't already spoken on but the thing that like really stood out to me was like russian tortoises
0: are legal there are legal in maine where they can survive outside
1: (laughs) but i but i'm like I'm just looking at something and I'm like, so you mean to tell me now it was like some obscure and obscene amount of hours of training that they were requiring people to have like simple tortoise species and stuff yeah. like that. And I was like, so you mean to tell me little Johnny now needs 120 hours of, uh, of work to learn how to poke a tortoise and feed it. Yeah. Like what, yeah, man. what are we doing? Yeah. You know? And uh, I, it just, it, it, it really was you know and i mean i think about like i remember when i was like 18 or something going down to connecticut (laughs) to to speak over there and like everything is so broad stroked Mm -hmm. when it comes to legislation you know because you know the the law is up for interpretation and it's like well it shouldn't be it needs to not be. it really needs to not be like if it is it should be like very minute like we're either going to say it's this or it's that and depending on how you understand it, that should be fine. But when we're talking about like any large constrictor species, well, what do you define as large? Because right, you're a soccer mom sees a ball python
0: and she's like, that's large and exactly. an adult ball python. She's like, that's a huge snake. And you're like, oh, this is a small, I mean, this is a relatively small snake. What are you talking about? This yeah. is the same length as a corn snake.
1: Yeah, it, it really is. It really is ridiculous. And just the amount of overreach that happens uh in the in so many of these instances like I, I and i i think i'll go on the record here and say like i'm not against permitting systems if they work if they work yeah. right so they they need to be like very well thought out there needs to be a proper way of execution um, and not
0: unreasonable like permitting like, a, exactly
1: on. exactly you don't
0: need a permit for a ball python like, right that's if if someone can go out there and get a dog and the only permit they got to get is with their town to just be like hey i have a dog i have it yeah that they can do that but i need to get a permit for a ball python come on yeah come on people's dogs are way more dangerous statistically and realistically that reminds me i gotta show you a video of a dog oh no (laughs) oh no oh no Oh no 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 no. oh
1: too good yeah um
0: (laughs) i think connecticut is one of the only states in new england that i have not sat in oh and vermont I haven't sat. I, I haven't gone Vermont to Vermont either. either, but I've sat in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. Maine, Massachusetts and Rhode Island um, mm-hmm. and showed up for meetings with lawmakers to say, hey, you guys are not doing your citizens a, a service. You're not right. you're not doing the right thing right now. Yeah. And it, it's also important
1: to note that in most of these instances, especially when we're talking like state by state, the, the federal stuff is is oftentimes quite a, quite a bit different. But most instances in state by state, it's. You know, maybe there was a little incident in in some place, or this the state lawmakers saw something happen federally or happen in a different state, and they're like, "We should, you know, we should try to do something like that here so we protect our people." But they're totally uneducated, or it's animal rights people, or they're infiltrated um, by animal rights people, which is unfortunately a large majority of what we're up against all the time. Yeah, whether it's PETA, HSUS. Um, the list the list goes on and on of wackos. Carol Baskin, Mm, (laughs)
0: bitch,
1: Carol Baskin. That's right.
0: I still don't like her. No, me either. I don't even care, man. Killed her husband. (laughs) Uh, But the uh, it's they just paint with this wide brush so that they can go. Oh, we we fixed it. We did mm-hmm. it. And it's like, actually, you, you made everything harder. Harder.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: not just for the people who live in your state, but for the people who are regulating in your state, for your yeah. game wardens, for your animal control officers, for all those people. Because they went from going, OK, there's uh, these species that are illegal and I can identify a rattlesnake if I need to. Um, <laughs> there's going from that to, OK, now I have to differentiate between this species of chameleon with three horns and this species of chameleon with sometimes three horns sometimes not yes. uh and and <laughs> what are they they're not gonna put that time into learn their exotic regulations yeah. after the main thing passed they had meet a warden day at um at cabela's and i was like oh i'm going there <laughs> oh i'm going there i'm gonna roast these guys so, I went to meet a game warden there and surprised there was nobody there to meet the game wardens. It was just me um, and um, one, two other people. And I was like, hey guys, how's it going? Uh, what do you know about pythons? And they're like, oh, well, like I've, you know, I've held a python before. And I was like, no, 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 no. no. What do you know? Yeah. About well, them? could you tell me the difference between a, uh, a Woma python and a reticulated python? And they're like, well, I've never heard of either of those things, so no. And I was like, okay, well, here's the deal: your state just passed a regulation um, that you know makes some more species legal, but also makes quite a few more illegal as well. Um, can you tell me anything about this law? Uh, it looked like they were trying to catch flies in their mouth because, like, <laughs> it just hung so long, uh, and I was just like, man, these are the guys who are enforcing the law, and they don't know anything about the regulations yeah. and that's the one thing the lawmakers are making these rules so that they can go ah we've got this rule in the book uh they're not doing anything about enforcement right they're not right they just are not because to most game wardens and in, and in inland fisheries and wildlife department and fishing game and those guys uh they deal more with uh poaching mm-hmm. hunting uh, natural resources and things like that the um you know forestry and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. they're not they're not thinking about who's keeping 10 racks of snakes in their basement until yeah. there's like a call for someone who's got 30 racks of snakes in their basement and then they go holy crap this is <laughs> an issue exactly so it's it's a big thing um you know the lawmakers are not thinking about what is actually going on practically so this yeah. is important if you if you are not in there giving a voice to the people who are going to be regulated against, they're just going to go, Oh, whatever, do whatever we want. And it's going to be an issue. It will be an issue. You know, this hops back to all the way, 2009, 2010, there was a bill that tried to get passed federally called HR 669. uh, The non-native wildlife uh, in what was it uh non-native wildlife now you know we have notes guys prevention act (laughs) i did because i'm not gonna remember that whole thing and i've got like a bunch of other ones written
1: out. to be fair i don't remember half of these so
0: and so it was introduced in uh in january of 2009 and the hr 669 was basically going to ban the importation and interstate transport of any quote-unquote non-native animal to the United States. So they literally were painting with such broad a uh, stroke that they literally could have made hamsters illegal, guinea pigs illegal, ferrets illegal, uh, any sort of bird that people are keeping as pets illegal. Almost every reptile species that's not native to the United States could be illegal to now import or to move across state lines. So if you've got a pet snake, a pet ball python, and you moved from um you know connecticut to rhode island boom you're now federal breaking a federal law you now be a felon uh you know facing thousands of dollars in fines and jail time because you moved with your pet
1: federal jail time
0: yeah federal jail time (laughs) not
1: like oh
0: going to the county no 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 federal jail time for moving with your pet like literally and they were hsus and and was pushing for this they pushed hard to try and get hr 669 passed
1: and it's important to to recognize too like this the, the instance of hr 669 it was the first time um the first major time that any sort of legislation was coming up like this that was just a broad paint stroke against anybody who owned anything exotic? This wasn't yep. a reptile specific bill. This wasn't a fish specific bill. This wasn't a bird specific bill. It was everybody. Yeah. It was absolutely everybody. And one of the things that it showed there's t- two major things always stick out in my mind when I think about HR 669. First, it showed that when the exotic animal keeping community gets together, we can oh, certainly we can make kick our up, voices known. Yeah. Right.
0: <clears throat> um, I remember they're saying that the exotic animal industry was like a three billion dollar industry, and that was in two thousand nine. I can only think of how much it's grown since, since then. then. Right, it's got to be two, three times bigger now.
1: Easily. So the other thing that this that this made me think of was, man, how awesome would it be if in any instance of any, we all came together like we that. all always came together like this? Yeah. Because one of the one of the most difficult things and this is true even within the reptile industry <clears throat> excuse me um you get that that the clicks right the groups you know so if hr669 was just like reptile related the bird people wouldn't get involved the mammal people wouldn't get involved the insect people wouldn't get involved because they're like ah, that doesn't affect us at all um and it was kind of really eye-opening because now for the first time we all had to band together to really push for this to not happen um and it's unfortunate that even now even on the state level when we see things pop up it's it's basically like every every person in that category for themselves mm-hmm. you know which is certainly frustrating and um you know it really pushes us to need to educate people about these legislations and what the precedent is if something gets passed or even just something being proposed yeah um that's that's honestly the most uh, important thing is the more people that know and understand what this is and how it affects the whole network of the exotic animal community not just reptiles not just birds not just fish whatever um, but one law that passes that says you can't keep borneos anymore in you know two years could mean
0: Ball pythons. They're going to yeah. go, hey, look, Borneos are not that much bigger. Uh, You know, they're not that much stronger. You know, potentially they could be just as, quote, unquote, dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's like a lot of these laws and regulations. They go, any dangerous animal, and that's what yeah. they leave it at. They don't define dangerous. So if it causes bodily, like if it bites you and you bleed, they could consider that dangerous. Right. If it leaves a tooth in you and it could potentially get infected. Oh, that's dangerous. That's a dangerous reptile. Mm -hmm. Uh, Monitors have claws. Oh, dangerous. Yes, that's that's dangerous. They've got teeth. They can bite you. Oh, dangerous. And they could literally use that to just ban things back to back. It is so wild. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people are looking at kind of the direction that our government's going in right now. And a lot of people are kind of pumped because the uh, Trumpinator is out of office coming yeah. up here. Not everyone, but you know there's a lot of people who are excited about that. The um and they're like, "Oh, it's going to be great. Everything's going to be awesome." But uh because the Democrats are kind of holding the the house and the senate and and the presidency now for this upcoming term. But when HR 669 passed, it was supported by 39 Democratic uh you know, representatives mm-hmm. and only three Republican representatives. So this this is stuff that gets generally pushed by the Democratic Party. I'm right. not here saying, I hate Democrats. I'm not saying anything like that. Or, you know, I mean, I just want people to understand that even though you might affiliate yourself with one party or the other, both of these parties will often support this. And especially where we're coming into a time where uh, the parties that have historically backed things like this are coming into power. It's something that we need to be aware of as Mm -hmm. a hobby, as keepers, Um, just something to keep in mind. So H.R. 669, kind of uh we we definitely kicked its butt um u.s arc came up like nobody else there was yeah. you know nerd came out and donated thousands and thousands of dollars big breeders they were donating like almost all of their sales to money to u.s arc so that we could you know have lawyers there to represent us uh p jack came in yep. and, and really pushed um for people to to be able to keep their animals and to be able to to overturn This proposed regulation and um that was you know 10 years ago 11 years ago and then 2018 this bill basically came back Mm -hmm. as as a revision or a rewritten rule and regulation so it came back as hr 6362 uh, the invasive fish and wildlife prevention act of 2018 and it was basically targeting interstate transport and so The uh, the rule would basically lower the bar for anything that was considered injurious because uh, a lot of these rules and regulations, they want to say, oh, well, these things could potentially be dangerous to people or agriculture or, Mm -hmm. you know, our our native wildlife or anything like that. And once they could potentially consider it as injurious, then they can just ban it and and they can really push that stuff through. And uh, that that bill was basically to try and ban interstate transport because the HR uh six six nine was trying to do importation and interstate transport and it got shut down so they're going okay if we can't do all that stuff we'll do a lesser thing we'll do the next best thing that we can figure out and so uh that bill had uh, a stipulation in it too that anything that was considered not in the trade so if it was something that hadn't been imported in a couple years or something that wasn't brought in in big numbers uh they could regulate that and shut down the export of it and within three years if those species didn't get reviewed they would get shut down and that is just like, That's what? Ridiculous. That yeah. is crazy. Um, and it's it was not retroactive. So if you had anything that was considered injurious, uh, you would become your pet would be illegal then mm-hmm. after the law passed. And so these are things that are like, oh my! If that doesn't stress you out, that like that makes me, you know, sweat just thinking about it because it's <laughs> it's horrible, absolutely yeah. horrible. Uh, for all the people that are you know working with these animals that could consider be considered injurious because they, they how about this people go oh well it's not me you know bigger big snakes are you know dangerous burmese pythons in florida blah 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 i don't you know it doesn't affect me and berms are an issue so that's fine and berms got added to the uh to Lacey act as injurious guess what else got added to the Lacey act as injurious and this was pushed hold on let me just see if i can find right here where i had that on my notes the b sal thing um In 2015, 2016, the federal government listed 201 species of salamander and newts as injurious. And you're going, well, wait, what? A salamander? How is that dangerous to to people? They're not. Well, they were saying, (laughs) look, in Europe and in uh, other parts of the world, there is this um, disease that salamanders can carry, uh, or this fungus that they can carry, the chytrid fungus. And it's never been documented in the United States, but just as a precaution, we should not let allow any more salamanders in the United States or newts. And so they went through and added uh, 201 species and listed them as injurious so that they could ban the importation of them. And it passed. And at the time that was like, I think it was right before USR could overturn the big snake bill. So yeah. all those, and all those salamanders were banned from interstate transport. So literally red salamanders are on that list. So if you had caught a red salamander in Massachusetts and you drove across the border into New Hampshire, you are now breaking a federal law. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, are you serious?
1: Yeah. It, it's, you know, again, we just kind of keep talking about these, these overarching, um, overreaching wide paintbrushes when it comes to the language of of so many of these laws um you know i mean i I think back even just to deviate a little bit when i went down to to speak in connecticut Mm -hmm. um of course all this was happening right after the charlin nash or carla nash whatever her name was with the chimp
0: oh yeah yeah. by
1: the chimp right so primates were of course a big focus on that law but the way that law read it basically said any primate over x number of pounds it was like 15 pounds or mm-hmm. whatever could not be owned or whatever in the state and i was like so but people are
0: technically primates.
1: We're technically primates. <laughs> so i was like so what are we gonna tell that that mother when their child is 15 pounds well tell them to get a job and move yeah, out get a permit can't keep that can't have that You know what I mean? Like, of course, that's that's just as as overreaching and and obnoxious. But I mean, like, if you really want to go down to it and, and that was that was one of my things whenever I had the chance to speak on these things is I would always throw some very blatantly nonsensical situation out there because it still fit under the umbrella and and terms of what they were trying to do. And my whole purpose for always doing that was like, look. You are being too broad in your definitions, in your descriptions, and if you're leaving this up for interpretation,
0: which is what the law is, which is what
1: the law is. You know, mm-hmm. if I go out now and become a wildlife officer, I'm just gonna start banning moms with babies. Like nope, get rid of that thing. I don't know what you got to kick it out to the street. You do not bring that back in your house. I will arrest you. you know, yeah. <laughs> like like these are, of course, again, very over the top and sarcastic, but my my point of that was like, you guys need to really zero this in. You know, I mean, you don't even know how many species of salamanders exist in the world. Why are you touching any of them? Yeah, you know what I mean. Literally. Like these, and especially
0: of where it's never ever been recorded in the United States ever, mm-hmm. and continues to not be found in the United States. What is your goal? Mm-hmm. Like, what is what is the point of banning interstate transport at that point? Right. I don't. I don't understand. I,
1: you know what I mean? The other thing to think about when it comes to this stuff too, is, is framing, right? So, um, and and verbiage. So, you know, so more often than not, if you've ever been to one of these hearings, usually you get a copy of the bill or you can read a copy of the bill online. And most people are like, I don't understand 95% of this because it's all the legal mumbo jumbo, their bizarre terms and definitions and all this stuff. So you're kind of sitting there like scratching your head and you might find that one thing that you understand that you're either like, okay, that makes sense. Or what are you talking about? Um, But the thing that doesn't help in in all this is how, especially in the reptile world, the big cat world and stuff like that, how these things are framed and spoken about in all other contexts outside of the courtroom or the hearing room. You know, reptiles and big snakes are a wonderful example. Dangerous killers, evil monsters. Mm -hmm. Right. So when these things come up and then we start talking about them, be it an educational program or whatever. You see those reactions of people that are like, oh, my God, that's such a dangerous, dangerous mm-hmm. animal. And that's because that gets force fed to us. So when people start hearing about regulations on these things, they're like, yeah, we should we should regulate those things. They're they're monsters. They, they're going to eat you. They're going to destroy the neighborhood kind of deal. Especially
0: if they don't have any experience with them.
1: Exactly. You know, and, and as much as we love and work with these animals, um, you know, we're we're the quote unquote weirdos. Right. Compared to the general um, population. And we always need to remember that the, that the general population, those are the people we need to convince, you know, and, and educate about the animals that we work on, because those people can become our biggest allies. Yes. You know, just think about every, every educational program that you've done that you, you know, you've basically gotten all those people, maybe except a couple who are like really super scared for no reason. Yeah. Um, but you've got most of those people to at least open up their understanding
0: to see of these things the movie Anaconda. Right. Surprise. <laughs> and that
1: is that is key because then if that person caught wind of something like this and be like, Well, I don't understand. I just touched one of these things yeah. and it was like the coolest thing ever. And that animal wasn't evil or, or malicious in any way, shape, or form. And then, you know, we put out a post and we say, Hey, this is happening. We need your help. Those are going to be extra voices and signatures that we get because of those little experiences, you know, and, and you don't have to go and bore them with, with legal mumbo jumbo, but that act of just changing the mindset of people who another, in, in another instance would be like, yes, ban those things because they're horrible. They're, they're evil now have a slightly different way of thinking. And are like, wait, well, I don't understand why this is happening because I was just told that these things are are wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, um, the more we can do educationally, the, the better. I, that's always my, my biggest thing when it comes to this. Educate. And, and we can really save our ass yeah. on a lot of this stuff.
0: Yeah. I, I One of the things that, um, that that makes me think about is when mass just tried to pass their ban on um, animal programs. Yep. And so the people who wrote the law were framing it as, oh, we're trying to ban traveling zoos because we don't mm-hmm. like the way that some zoos treat their elephants and, and larger animals. But the way that the law read was uh, banning all, all programs that show an animal doing a natural, um, like a natural thing that it would do, or or an unnatural act yeah. that it would do. Um, and what that reads as, if I take a chameleon to a birthday party and I show people, okay, look at this chameleon eat, watch it eat this cricket, and it shoots its tongue out, and eats a cricket. I've now broken that law because I. I had an animal do an act that it naturally would do in the wild. Or if I go, Hey, look, it's got a prehensile tail. Watch how it can hold onto my finger with its tail. Now I've broken that law yeah. and it would ban my programs from doing that. Or like take a turtle, watch it. It can flip itself over. Boom. That program is now banned mm-hmm. underneath the way that that law was written. And the people who wrote the law knew exactly what they were doing because yeah. there were people from HSUS there there mm-hmm. were people from PETA there um, and they knew exactly what they were getting into when they wrote the law that way or helped the you know present this regulation that way yep. that is what they want they want people to not have experience with rep with animals because right. if you don't have experience with animals you don't care what happens to them
1: right and again going back to to frame to framework you know like I remember when um, when that was going on, because I've got a few friends that work with big pachyderms and, and stuff like that. And, they, you know, they were, all, of course, all up in arms mm-hmm. about this whole thing. And, you know, that whole the whole avenue of like we want to ban the traveling circuses because, you know, elephants and all this other stuff. And it it's really easy for people to jump on board with that. Yeah. Because they've seen the, the clips of horrible instances where animals are truly mistreated. So they're like, yeah, we, we don't want that to ever happen. Save the elephants. Save yeah. the elephants. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think most people would kind of fall into that same category. But not understanding the law. And not knowing the law means they don't know all of the repercussions that are going to fall behind it when exactly in those instances that you were just talking about having it and having an animal do something it would naturally do for entertainment.
0: Yes, that, that's how it was worded.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's that, you know, and it's like, well, how the hell else are you going to learn? Yeah, yeah. I want <laughs> you, know. you to
0: be dry and boring Yeah. and don't let it do anything that it would naturally do. So you have to hold it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, What exactly. is the Pin point? It. Pin it. Yeah. What is the point of that?
1: Yeah. So you get the. So like what I was talking about with framing is you get the the one side of it, which is um, these things are evil, terrible creatures that we're talking about. Reptiles, these things are evil, terrible creatures. We need to stop people from owning them. And then you get the the subtle underhanded. Well, we're going to lump this into some other bill. That's an yeah. easier cause. That sounds positive that more people
0: can get behind. Because yeah, they they were promoting it as ban the circus, like ban yeah, the, the big cruelty bill. in the circus. Yeah. Um. And then the actual bill didn't really say specifically circus. It said uh, educational program, yeah, any kind of traveling program, sort of or traveling or anything program, program yeah. which is like bans tons of things that, mm-hmm. that you know, most people would not have caught
1: yeah, on exactly. if, if we
0: hadn't seen it there.
1: Exactly. And I mean, like that's one of those things where, you know, if you've ever been in an instance where you've sat in on one of these hearings or you've looked at any of that legislation, you know, and suddenly you're face-to-face with at least 10 pages of ridiculous verbiage and and jargon about whatever the context is. And it's intimidating, especially if you've never looked at anything like that before. You're like trying to, okay, they spell out all the definitions of everything they're going to talk about, then they talk about it. And if you aren't prepared for that, you're just going to be like, well, I, I, I,
0: I don't know what's going on. And that's how they want on. you to feel. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, you, you know, I mean, like, I think another thing that I think about is like when Massachusetts was trying to do the uh, timber rattlesnake. Oh, my God. In the Quabbin. In the Quabbin. Oh. Yeah. And. uh and that whole thing got so blown out of proportion. Yeah. And um, people
0: were saying that rattlesnake venom would get in their water in their supply water. and they yeah, would get poisoned from it. Are and, you kidding me?
1: Yeah, it was absolutely. Ridiculous. And they're going to swim two miles from the island, island they wanted to, the to, to do to the mainland. Now, oh, so here's God. the thing. Like, Timber rattlesnakes are native to Massachusetts. They're just highly endangered. Yep. And uh, this was an attempt to bring that population From back. From the brink
0: of extinction to yeah. save this species in a state where it's about to be totally vanquished gone. Yeah, because totally of gone. people.
1: And um, I remember, oddly enough, and this was absolutely hilarious. I figured out who the senator was that was kind of like backing mm-hmm. everything that was going on with it. And I was doing uh, some, some like city fair thing for the music school i was working at mm-hmm. at the time and he was there and he happened to be set up in the booth right
0: next to me oh yeah
1: and i was like hey eric Let <laughs> let's me... go talk hey
0: you want to meet me behind the yeah. tent real quick yeah, yeah
1: no but like so he and i he and i had a conversation about it and um he was uh i mean as, as most representatives and 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 um political figures are that tend to be very well spoken and and they're trying to cover all their bases so their constituents are very happy
0: but oh he's slimy yeah
1: you know and i mean i'll also say like uh that particular senator and i we got along very very well uh, outside of this context but i i was kind of pressing him like we removed the funding for this project why yeah well the to save blah, an blah, endangered
0: blah. species why yeah. did you not want to help save an endangered species right That's so what then
1: it was going back to well we've got to take it back to the study the study board because like we're thinking this isn't the best location and blah blah blah, blah. and i was like but so you just removed all the funding So now there's no money to have anybody research, yeah, research it, and and actually potentially maybe figure out a better location if if that is a possibility. If that's what you you, actually mean, right? But if you just pulled all the funds for that, then what are we doing? And you know, so then he started realizing, like, oh, you kind of know this stuff, and I was like, yeah. So basically, Mm. what I was told was Mm -mm. there were. He also served on the board of tourism. Uh, So there was so much hubbub about this whole thing for tourism that they were like, okay, we have to stop this because scary this be... rattlesnakes exactly. are going to be in Massachusetts. So, no one's going to
0: want to come to Massachusetts. Yeah.
1: So we've got to put a bandaid over a wound that needs stitches. Yep, That's assen- essentially what it came down to. And um, I, I left that conversation frustrated, but I understood a little bit more of, of why it was what happened, it was how it unfolded paused and blah, blah. Yeah and uh, i wasn't happy about it by any means but i was a little bit more content with at least having some kind of understanding of why because anything that i was reading or or saw in the news was very minimal yeah. it was just like rattlesnakes in the quabbin no longer happening and yeah. like that was it. and i was like well, what why yeah. like why would we stop this but it's frustrating to know that because of people's ignorance that project never ended up going anywhere yeah. you know and it's like those are those instances again where we have to frame and educate people the in a public. specific way to know that, well, yeah, of course, there's rattlesnakes in Massachusetts. It's been on the news before, but also, you can live in the same area as them. And they don't, and they, don't they don't go after you. They don't seek you out. They're not human-seeking, killing machines. Like, that's not what they do.
0: For just a little bit of U.S. history and context for people. I'm This is going to be preaching to the choir, to the people who are listening to this podcast. Sure. But... Uh, one of the first symbols for the United States was a bright yellow Ooh. flag, the Gadsden flag, with yep. the rattlesnake coiled up on it, which is a timber rattlesnake. Yep. And it says don't tread, don't tread on, on me. me because some of the first settlers to the United States landed in New England. Surprise, where we hey. have timber rattlesnakes and they learned real quickly, hey that thing with the thing on its tail, yeah. don't go near it. Yeah. They they're not <clears throat> evil, but don't yeah, go, but just don't, 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 don't mess it. with it. Yeah. Um and Benjamin Franklin actually wrote a big two-page letter about why he admired and loved the timber rattlesnake and and why he thought that that should be the symbol for the United States or for the, the colonies. Yeah. Um, because they don't go out of their way to hurt people. They stand their ground. And if you mess with them, they are extremely (laughs) powerful like they they they've got some weapons on them yep um and that was they were like yeah that's like that's us that's that's us us. and then now people are like oh, a snake in my yard i gotta kill it it's uh yeah and it's like just like that too just like that (laughs) if you saw the video i'm sorry (laughs) um but it's it's just crazy how far we've come from looking and admiring this Animal for what it is mm-hmm. to now like fearing it because they don't know anything about it. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you know, again, I sound like a freaking broken record, but the framing of how these animals get portrayed means so much. You know, yes. if you think about it, any animal planet show that had anything to do with like venom one <laughs> down in Florida or anything like that. Yeah. It was always like a rattlesnake striking at the at the TV screen with a cobra <laughs> striking sound. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on a um, corn snake. On a cor- Oh no um but you know i I mean any of those tv shows where it was like i'm going to tell you all of the all these facts for the most part about these animals but i'm going to frame it to you in the scariest way i'm going to put the most um eerie music behind it to make you feel more uncomfortable
0: they can have 36 young at a time every single one is potent from the moment that it's born and you're like oh my god deadly yeah. snakes
1: deadly so deadly yeah. 36 babies yeah and,
0: <laughs> and then everyone's gone oh well, the babies are more toxic than the and it's Ugh. like oh, but they have a smaller venom yield and whatever i'm not yeah. going there
1: yeah there's a lot guys yeah.
0: um <laughs> But so, these, these, what we're trying to say is that these regulations are not limited to a federal level. Like, it is important to pay attention to USARC and see what is going on at a federal level. But it's also important to see what's going on at a smaller level because just recently, like 2020 uh, timeframe, Alabama is talking about banning all big snakes like quote unquote big snakes anything mm-hmm. that's listed as injurious so any uh, all those 201 species of salamanders are going to be banned mm-hmm. uh, big snakes uh, african rock pythons burmese pythons indian pythons um all non-native venomous species of snakes uh, anacondas all that stuff is is basically going to be banned and uh, they haven't, they're just starting to do a, an economic impact survey. I think it's recently within the last year or so. They've been, um, looking at that, how it's going to affect the people of Alabama and the people mm-hmm. who do business in Alabama, but this is something that they're pushing hard. And then Michigan is, uh, is right on the, uh, on the oh, cusp yeah. of starting to want to do that too.
1: Yep. With the dangerous reptile bill. Yeah. So. Um, this is like the beginning of December, so literally like a month and change yep. ago um, from when this is recorded. Crocodilia, lapids, vipers, sea snakes, water monitors, croc monitors, so, so many different stuff. So these animals would only be allowed in AZA institutions, um, and there's no grandfathering, which that's probably the most ridiculous part of yep. it. So that means... If you already have these animals, that means legally right now, legally, if you legally right.
0: own them, because right now there's not rules on the books about it.
1: Right. That means you would have to um, get liability insurance, register your animals with the with the state. They need to be microchipped and and all all these friggin hoops to keep the animals that you've already been keeping uh, without any issues.
0: Yeah, because and, they don't you don't see any crazy issues going on in Michigan right now. Yeah, yeah everyone's like oh no. but keeping venomous snakes is like how many people do you see getting killed there all the time by the venomous snakes that's true you know the only the only
1: crazy thing that has happened in michigan was bar getting bitten by salt he
0: got bit by salt <gasps> he got
1: bit by salt ouch dangerous reptile uh, it's dangerous <laughs> it bit him
0: <laughs> but yeah. it's it's just wild because uh people when they saw the the uh the big python interstate transport ban got overturned um, by USR. They were like, we won. We did it. Hey, everything's cool. And what HSUS and PETA and the people who are trying to pass these regulations did, I said, okay, okay, we might not be able to do this on a federal level. We should start going state by state and see Mm -hmm. which, which states we can push this through because if you can push it through in uh massachusetts then people are gonna go oh massachusetts is progressive they they do lots of cool stuff and then other states around rhode island's looking at what massachusetts is doing connecticut's looking at what massachusetts is doing new hampshire is looking at what massachusetts is doing you know every state around the country is going to be watching which one of these states goes first and Mm -hmm. which one how they put these rules and regulations in place and what happens afterwards and if we are not standing up and making noise and saying hey we're not going to take this um you know we're just gonna get bulldozed it's gonna be little dominoes falling until the whole thing collapses in on itself
1: yep so in in tandem with all of this because <clears throat> we've been talking about all these regulations both federally and, and in different states there's a couple things that are really important for you guys to be aware of and some resources that you guys should be checking out um when it comes to this first and foremost USARC. arc
0: United States Association of um, Reptile Keepers. That's
1: right. If you're not already a supporter, um, a member or a member, go become a member now. And now, here's the thing: I understand we're in a we're in a global pandemic. I know Things not everyone's got extra, extra money right now, <laughs> right? So at the very least, you can still support USARC by going checking out their social media, making sure you're giving them a follow, and when you see something Pop that up. they post about a, a state issue or a federal issue, share it. Like share it, it, share
0: it, comment on it.
1: Exactly. It's send free. it to some people. It, it's free. It's free. And uh, and and send those emails. The one that's the one thing that's wonderful about USR is they generally already do this these pre written emails that you can you can add your your little bit in there if you want, but you just basically adjust it for each person, senator, representative, whoever. Um, copy and it's and all spelled out so you just copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste and uh, it really makes the job that much that much easier for us yeah. and they basically always do that so it's a really easy way for you to get yourself immediately involved Um, the other thing is um, if you are aware of or if not you can certainly find it your local herpetological society super important so I know for Massachusetts when we went um, down there, Kurt Schatzel mm. and and a bunch of members of the New England Herb Society were there to speak in or row. just exa- or, yep to mm. be there in opposition of that bill. If, even if you go not to speak but to attend. Just to be there as a matter. body. yeah, Bodies matter because they are looking at numbers. These people who don't know anything about anything that's written down on the piece of paper are looking at how many people are Show in the room to, to, s- to, say to say something, you know, and
0: like when uh when rhode island it had this had to be 12 15 years ago now mm-hmm. um but rhode island tried to pass a ban on all pythons and boas i remember that yeah and uh we got 30 people to show up there and the meeting that that they were having was in a room that is a little bit bigger than this room that we're recording in right now so not a very yeah big you, room. Can you, can fit, walls, so. you can see all the walls Yeah, so you can see all the walls you could maybe touch them if you stretch yeah uh, so it's a little bit bigger than that so they had six people there as the like board members to to speak on this and they like poked their head out of the room and they went oh my god there's a giant cloud of people out here and they were they went to the first person which was like uh Kurt or Dave and they're they like hey what are you here for? Oh, I'm here for the, the Python band. What are you here for? I'm here for the Python band. What are you here for? I'm here for the Python band. Are you guys here for or against it? Against it. Okay everyone in the hallway if you're for the Python band can you raise your hand? Not a single hand went up. Okay if you're here and you're in opposition of this band can you raise your hand? Every single hand that was outside that room went up. The person went uh, okay hold on one second walked inside uh, close the door for a second came back out we're tabling this bill um so it's it which basically means that it's dead um mm-hmm. they're not going to be <clears> reviewing <throat> it they're not going to be passing it um it's being tabled right now you guys don't have to stay for the meeting and just by us showing up we didn't have to say a word yeah just by us showing up and showing that it, this affects people they were like you know what we don't need to deal with this because yep. it is going to be <laughs> more paperwork for us <laughs> yep exactly. and they don't want more paperwork
1: <laughs> exactly So, yeah, finding finding your local herpetological society, whether it's a a state herpetological society or a regional one. So I know like um, there isn't necessarily one in all the states in New England, but we have we have a group one, the New England Herp Herp Society Society. and then Maine Um, has their
0: own Herp Society as well. That's right, which you were the president of. I was. (laughs) I was briefly while I was fighting the regulations up there and uh, being president didn't do anything. (laughs) Oh, no. no. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to say it didn't do anything to help, but it didn't get the things passed that I wanted them to pass. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, How about this, dude? When I was living in Maine, I had – I wanted to get permits for my tarantulas because I've been a lifelong tarantula keeper. And I wanted to bring up my tiger rat snakes, my Spilotes, which are uh, harmless species of rat snake from South America. I wanted to bring up some of my geckos that were illegal. um, And so I was – in the meetings with the inland fishers wildlife department from the second meeting, because they, they didn't tell me about the first meeting, but Mm. from the second meeting, I was there every single meeting every month. I was there. Um, and after like two or three meetings, I was like, Hey, look guys, you guys have gotten to kind of know me, you know, that I'm not some Yahoo. Um, I've got a bunch of stuff that my friend is watching for me in Massachusetts because I moved to Maine recently. I would like to legally keep all of these things. They're all harmless. Nothing's venomous. Nothing's dangerous to the public. Nothing's dangerous to our native wildlife. Um, I would like to get a permit for these things. And they're like, Oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. talk to Russell so and she'll, you know, submit uh, your permits and you can fit like five or six species on a permit. So I needed like three or four permits to get, <laughs> to get all the species that I had on there. Uh, and they're like, yeah, we'll review it and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, cool. Cause like, all of it was harmless and all this stuff that I legally can have in Massachusetts, I just couldn't legally have in Maine. And so I sent in my permits, I sent them like 400 some odd dollars to cover the cost of these permits. Um, And they still denied me the permits for no reason. And I asked them, I was like, what was the reason for denying my permits? And they're like, Oh, well we're changing the regulations right now. And this, and I was like, well, until that actually happens, I would like to have my pets, please. Um, I don't think you understand what you're, what you're saying right now. And, and it just like right over their head. Yep. Uh, but I did just find out recently that their, uh, head of that committee, Jim Connolly, retired. So there's a new guy in there. So I'm encouraging the people who are listening in Maine, push, push, push further, push further because they got some good stuff legalized last time. And if they actually push for some good common sense regulation, I bet you they could get it. Yeah, I bet you they could.
1: Yeah, and I I think the other thing that's important to to remember in in all this as well is you know get so get involved with your local or, or regional herpetological society, but also push to establish some sort of connection with local fishing game officers or the head of fish and game. Yeah, and if there is a committee in your state or region that that focuses on these kind of things, um, find who the president is of that of that committee or that board and 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 reach out talk to them them. yeah get to know them establish that relationship because more often than not the people in in their ear are people who are uneducated they're animal rights advocates and and their entire goal is to stop us from owning this stuff yeah so you know and by becoming friends with them i'm not saying like you need to go out to the bar with them every other day no but but establish some sort of connection via, via email, ask to just meet with them for five minutes.
0: Especially because a lot of these law, rules and regulations, they have to have a public hearing yeah. on it. So like when Maine had their hearing, they had it in like a little tiny room. Anyone who wanted to show up can show up. Um, so a group of us Reptile guys would show up there and every single meeting there was a representative from PETA, from HSUS there. And we would go around the room and you know say, hey, I'm, I'm Rob Kirshen, I'm from the Maine Herb Society and the president, I also work at HB Exotics, I do this, I do that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and every single meeting there was someone from HSUS there. Every mm-hmm. single meeting there mm-hmm. was someone there who's paid to be there yep. by these animal rights corporations. Mm-hmm to push these regulations and she was so buddy buddy with the animal control guy she would go out to lunch with him and she was Mm -hmm. like you know a young attractive woman so she'd rub arms with him and talk to him after the thing and this guy is like this middle-aged dude who hasn't been touched in years and he's like yeah (laughs) Yeah. i'll do whatever you want (laughs) like that's what we're up against they don't fight fair yeah exactly they don't exactly
1: so, you know, I know I know a, a couple of people in di- different places all over the country that, you know, they reach out, and establish these connections. And like once they have that connection, you know, like I said, it's not like you have to go out to lunch with them all the time or go out and have a drink. But like during the resource? holidays, but during the holidays, you just send them a little gift basket. Yeah. You know, and, and or, or if they
0: if they find something that they don't know what it is, say, hey, look, I, use me as a resource. Exactly. If you're good at identifying different snake species, hey, if you guys have a, a snake, a, someone's pet that you find, a, a wild snake, uh, something that's uh, let go, shoot me a picture. I'll identify it for you. I will help you. Mm-hmm. I want you to have a good relationship with me. I'll help right. you. So, we did that on a regular basis too with, with a lot of those wildlife officers up there. You know, yeah. hey, use us as a resource. We want to help. Mm-hmm. We're not here to, you know, we are probably going to be a thorn in your side <clears throat> if you're going to be stupid. Yeah, right, exactly. But um, we're here to be a resource. That's it.
1: Yeah. I remember when I was still living in Western Mass, like the uh, SPCA officer that worked in, in my region, like the first time we had any sort of um interaction with her um she came to like look at my stuff and and was like oh my gosh like, you've got a lot of stuff and you know and i was a kid and had all these different species and like knew what i was doing with all of them and like from that moment on anything that had like ever arisen in that area reach she you. Would reach out to me and the same thing with environmental police officers is when i got a little older and and started to meet uh some of these guys it was like oh you, you know try to id this or whatever and i remember <clears throat> having an interaction with a newly hired Ooh. <laughs> uh, um, person and um, <laughs> i'm just gonna say person yeah. <laughs> and uh they so in the state of massachusetts you can't own black rat snakes because yep. they're an endangered
0: species unless they're albino right
1: unless they're albino, yeah any basically any morph yeah um white-sided albino, white-sided albino white-sided. anything like that yeah. yeah you can you can own those you just can't own a normal black rat snake which meant you also couldn't own any hets because there's you just can't do it so it's a good business plan yeah you know so <laughs> i geez so i get um you know i would have annual inspections whatever um because i was operating this bi- a business um so i was fine with that this dude came in and was like losing it because i had some white-sided black rats mm-hmm. and you can't all these are in blah, 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 blah. and i was like yeah, but they're a mutation.
0: Hold the, your the, roll, button. The legislation
1: says blah blah blah, and wouldn't take it. Wouldn't take it. Wouldn't oh, I would have been like, it. you need to and call like,
0: your supervisor, bro. Uh, no.
1: <laughs> I was like, I was like, do you want do you want me to call your boss's boss? Yeah, <laughs> i like, I, I got can, him on speed dial. Yeah, I'm like, I got his phone number right here. I can call him and we can discuss the law. And he like stepped out for a few minutes and then came back inside and, and was like yo okay, okay all right those, those are fine, fine. <laughs> yeah bro <laughs> you ain't pinning the big one on me but oh, no no this is
0: this is not my first rodeo
1: Mm-mm. but so establishing those connections is important super important
0: if you can if you can you know not everyone is in a position where they can um kind of you know reach out or do that or you know be in that person's ear all the time right but if you can Uh, you definitely should. That's one of my biggest kind of regrets when I was growing up is that I was not more in touch with the wildlife officers and and people around me because I have been harassed by some (laughs) wildlife officers, you know, some colorful words for those guys. Yeah. (laughs) These guys, man. And if they are coming to a a battle of wits, I don't want to beat someone who's unarmed.
1: Yep. (laughs) It's not right. Oh, man. All right. So we're wrapping up our time.
0: We might have to do another episode on this. I
1: think it would be good. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to reach out to Phil. Yeah. At USARC. Yes. And see, I haven't talked to Phil in a while, but I think I'll I'll reach out to him and see if we can get him on. President of USARC. Yeah. Yes.
0: That would be incredible. That would be, That'd be awesome. another cool resource episode. Yeah, for sure. So stay tuned for that.
1: Yeah. But in the meantime, Rob, if people want to learn more about you,
0: where can they go find more about you? You should check me out on Instagram at Rob is creeping it real on twitter at rob is creeping and don't add me on facebook oh wait and check out my youtube channel uh, rob hey. is creeping at real i just posted another new video um looking at a experiment that i did on a clutch of borneo short Tail pythons uh. where the last week of incubation or last like two weeks of incubation i bumped up the temperatures on half of the clutch to see if it holds any um, bearing on the coloration or contrast of the animals from that clutch because in geckos like leopard geckos and crested geckos, you can see a noticeable difference if you do manipulate the temperature towards the end of incubation. And most of mm-hmm. the people I know who breed pythons have not attempted to do this. So I was like, let's do it. Let's, I mean, yes, I, I don't want to like gamble with my babies, but I was like, <laughs> I think that four degrees is not it's a crazy not jump. Yeah. Um, and it's very interesting. All the babies have gone through like four sheds now, three or four sheds now. So it's interesting to see how the group that was my experimental group has changed compared to my quote unquote control group, the ones that I kind of kept at the regular steady temperature. It's very interesting. So I posted a video about that on my YouTube channel at Rob is creeping it real. Uh, You can check it out on there Born in short tail Python temperature Fluctuation experiment, blah blah blah, all that stuff. Damn. But Jeremy, where should people find out more about you? People can find out more about me. No. <laughs>
1: um on Instagram and Facebook at Brassman Reptiles. Uh you can of course add me on Facebook, Jeremy Turgeon. Um, YouTube at Brassman Reptiles. I just got some uh new content over to Donnie for editing because I don't have time to edit anything in my life. Mm. Um, but uh from my recent trip to Georgia. Um so that'll be that'll be cool we checked out some really cool animals and uh, at the show there and uh yeah and then also
0: check us out on onlyfans you can that's check right. out reptile talk it's onlyfans.com/reptiletalk and we'll be posting some probably the video from this on there um mm-hmm. where it might be exclusive hey, just if you are maybe. on there, you could see yeah, that's if
1: that's i can it. figure all of it out yeah but that's if it. not
0: it'll happen soon or on youtube <laughs> somewhere Uh, and then we'll be posting some more like behind the scenes i'm starting to get some cool locks right now so i'm posting those on there because i don't really want to post them on instagram and yeah all that stuff so boom yeah thank you guys for tuning in we will see you next time